Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. Howie lads, Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, and Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do, Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello and how do folks, wherever you're listening to this podcast in the world, be sure to know that you are listening to Mayo Are Back. And Mayo are indeed so back right now. We're going to have a truly joyous show today, previewing the All-Ireland Strat Alliance National League Strat Finals. And who better to preview such a game of such importance than the one, the only... The fan favourite, Fat Larry. Fat Larry, how do? How do, TJ? Thank you for having me on. Uh, thanks for taking the, the time out of your, your busy schedule, as always, to, to have me on here. It's a huge week uh, for uh, Mayo, and Mayo are back. Mayo are so back right now, TJ. Mm. It's, it's fair to say. It's, it's just, it's, it's so back. I think it's a great, it's a great uh, name to have on this organisation because Mayo are in essence, back again in the National Strat Alliance League final, as you said there. Uh, we're back up in Crow Park. We're back playing Galway again. And I feel very, very confident about our chances on Sunday of getting a second national title. These national titles, TJ, they're coming thick and fast now for Mayo. And before we get into the meat and two veg of this podcast, we have a small bit of housekeeping. We'd like to say a big hello to all our friends at the Junction in Ballina, who are very kindly sponsoring this podcast. We were down there last year, Fat Larry, I believe. We were. Two years ago even, we were down there and they really spoiled us. It was an absolute treat. Would I be correct in saying that? They really did. Upon entering the restaurant, I was handed a... a can of Bulmers, which unfortunately I I couldn't drink at the time because I was driving the car. But TJ, I was I you know we were so well looked after down there down at the Junction Restaurant. Uh, myself and yourself uh, tucked into a beautiful uh, Vietnamese style duck stir fry down there. And you know you're eating it, you'd swear you were out in Hanoi or somewhere exotic. And then you open the doors and you find yourself in the centre, in the bustling centre of the metropolis that is Ballina, and you just get that you know, real sense of, you know, that you're in a very, very inbred place, but you will come out of that place very manifested, very, very unwell. Of course, the Junction are are closely affiliated with our our strapping uh, full forward, James Carr as well. Look at, it's clear that that man has been eating in the Junction restaurant quite a bit over the years with those fine, big, big legs that he has and that, you know, that long stride and his, his ability to kick a point from distance. That all comes from eating that highly nutritious food and drinking cans of Bulmer's below at the Junction restaurant. If you want any more information, folks, you can find them at the Junction Ballina on Instagram where they have their all-day menu listed on the page in the story highlights and you can think about what little treat you're going to have before you get there. And it would be remiss of us not to mention the one person in our DMs this week who wants a reality television show about James Carr and his family keeping up with the Kardashians. 
I think mm. it's an absolutely fabulous idea. It's an excellent idea, TJ. Definitely one for us to maybe dip into when we eventually get into our television uh, our television careers, which is not too far away given the euphoric uh, state of Mayo and wellness that we're experiencing at the moment. The market is absolutely bustling. People just simply can't get enough uh, inbred Mayo content at the moment. There's literally millions of Mayo inbreds all over the world who are you know, sending us in DMs or sending us in half-baked messages. Killian O'Connor is even referring to himself as being half-baked in interviews with the Irish Independent and RT Sports. So it's really having a huge effect on both inbred supporters and the players alike. That was so positive to hear Killian giving us that little tip of the cap, just a little head nod in our direction, because I might as well come out and say it at this venture, Fat Larry, this podcast is going so well this season. Mm. We're really just hitting top form, hitting the ground rimming right from the very start of the season. And I suppose we have a symbiotic and even maybe a probiotic relationship with our Mayo football team, the Mayo fan base at large, and even our dear friends of the country broad who are putting in an absolutely stellar showing all year. There's basically only one quartet or quadrant of the the Mayo stratosphere that need to be called out this week and this is the place to do it. We leave no stone unturned when doing our deep dive into the facts and figures and the information behind the story but Fat Larry I know I understand that you want to talk about Young lads acting the maggot at Mayo games. Acting the prick, TJ, as you could, all you could describe it as. Mm. We've always, TJ, you know, we've we've had we've had our differences, you could call them, our disagreements with the county board over the years here on this podcast on on one or two occasions. But I have to say, in this instance, I'm going to come out and fully back the county board and back our uh, chairman Seamus Tuhi, who came out and he has chastised the grassroots of Mayo GA, and rightly so, I feel. There's reports of fabulous Mayo players being manhandled by young inbreds out on the pitch after games. We're hearing tales of Mayo inbreds, excuse me, Mayo players having the jerseys literally ripped off them, the shorts ripped off them um, by, by young I suppose half-bakes really is all you could describe them as, you know, out in a public setting on front of lots of people. It's very, very degrading for these Mayo players. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, a lot of uh, balls being stolen. Uh, Mayo, the, the balls belonging to the Mayo players are being taken. And this kind of stuff, TJ, like, I mean, if these inbreds came on and just listened to the Mayo or Back podcast once or twice, we have given so much really good advice on this podcast over the last five or six years on how to manifest yourself at Mayo Games, how to manifest yourself in and around Mayo players, how to, you know, you know, get a feel of a Mayo player without getting yourself a court date, you know, and I think these Mayo inbreds are going to have to be told, their parents are going to have to sit them down, they're going to have to sit them down, they're going to close the blinds, they're going to close the door and they're going to have to point the finger at them and say you should be listening to the Mayo or Back podcast at least twice a week and you need to go back and listen to TJ and Fat Larry back in season one where he was giving great solid advice on how to slap Mayo players on the bum without getting yourself in trouble. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with all the sentiments echoed by Fat Larry there and I will say this 
long-term listeners and the Mayo are back loyalists at large, they know that this podcast is a mental unwellness podcast. It helps you to deal with all of these emotions that watching Mayo brings up. And listening to this podcast will just have you in a better space mm. mentally. And that's why I think that this podcast should possibly be introduced in secondary schools. Yeah. It should be on the national curriculum. And young lads in County in County Mayo should have this podcast blasted into their ears, as you said, two to three times a week at least from the GFB League onwards. And you wouldn't have these utterly disgraceful displays of thuggery and malevolent um, Mm. shithousery that seems to be going on in the aftermath of games. Now, it won't be going on this Sunday. Hijinks and how do... It won't be going on this Sunday, however, because famously, they don't let inbreds on the sod of Crow Park anymore, apart from when Andy Moran used to play there. They don't let any more inbreds non-panel members to be out there strutting their stuff when Mayo eventually walk around with the cup held high the the name of this cup is escaping me at the moment Fat Larry is it the the Johnny the Jimmy the Jimmy Rimmer cup that we're playing for against Galway I'll take it I I, I won't be able to disagree with you TJ I haven't a clue what we're playing for uh, on Sunday but all I know is we're playing Galway and I'm very much looking forward to beating them Um. But yeah, look at TJ. I've done some weird things at Mayo Games down mm. through the years. You've seen them. You've been there for an awful lot of them. Some of the listeners out there will have probably you know witnessed them firsthand themselves. I've said some shocking things that I would uh, I, I'm not proud of. But one thing is, I've never actually got in trouble with the county board over what I've had to say or over what I have done. So take it you know take some advice from you know inbreds like myself who know where the line is don't cross that line now Mayo inbreds go up to Crow Park on Sunday get behind the lads sing the approved chants that are of course outlined in the Mayo uh, Mayo or back curriculum um, and if you know if, if Mayo players or Mayo fans should I say follow our advice and follow our guidelines on how to be an inbred the likes of Seamus Tuhi will be allowed to focus on getting on with his job of running Mayo GA, and he's doing a great job at the moment, TJ. Absolutely, Fat Larry, one hundred percent. I have to agree it's with like what you're saying. Like a well-oiled machine this year now. Yeah, it would remind you of ourselves the way we're going at this mm. stage. But now, there's no point giving ourselves too much praise at this early venture in the season. The year is long; it's filled with lots of ups and downs and twists and turns and you never quite know where this road is going to take us as Mayo fans but we can't look too much further ahead now than the league filing against our near neighbours Galway and we'd group them in with Roscommon and we'd say you can never beat them by enough or often enough and I think if our DBF league showing is anything to go by this season Mayo should have the upper hand on the Galwegians we strong armed them in McHale Park to force the draw but, you know, they're coming down Galway fancy dance. You can be sure they're going to have their tails held high up between their legs in Crow Park on Sunday. But what they will not be expecting is a Mayo team playing with its head firmly rooted up its own ass. And that is a Mayo team that I yeah. like to watch. That's a confident Mayo team. You took the words straight out of my mouth, TJ. When the Mayo players have their heads rammed up each other's holes coming in on the bus into Crow Park, that is a dangerous beast. And that is something that naturally no opposition wants to see, but they have no choice. They have to look at it. Um, And they have to listen to us talking about it as well. Um, Mayo are up their own holes, TJ, big time. And, you know, I would probably... 
I probably forget about last week you know the Monaghan game was was forgettable for a a number of reasons I suppose it would be um, you know it would be unwise of us to to go any further in this podcast without maybe referring to that I suppose the game happened and we can comment on it seeing as you know uh, it it, it is you know we said last week TJ we find the whole reading the future part very very difficult Uh, unfortunately I can't give any sort of opinion on the uh, Monaghan game last week because I wasn't there and I didn't listen to it on the radio either but by all accounts Mayo went down uh, to a six point loss to Monaghan and we're delighted for them they stay up in the the National League it also means that Armagh go down to Division 2 and after the the horrendous display of thuggery and diving that we witnessed earlier in the National League up in up in the athletic grounds. I'm frankly delighted to see them gone. You've hit several nails on several heads there with that wonderful summation, Fat Larry, and you did it in such an eloquent fashion. I must mm. thank you for giving us your time again this evening. But what I will say in regards to that Monaghan game is Mayo looked to me like a team that were willing to go down on Monaghan in order for Monaghan to yeah. keep themselves up. Monaghan, you know, they they clung on by the skin of their back teeth there to regain their Division 1 status. And it was like a little offering of the the, the branch of friendship. We know there's a lot of friendly ties between the two teams. Our talisman, one of our greatest footballers in Mayo history, Audio Shea, is of course having what can only be described as a whirlwind bromance with Monaghan's Conor McManus. Mm. So I'm sure there was just a favour offered and a favour returned there in order to keep Monaghan in the league. And Armagh going down is absolutely no loss to me, Fat Larry. I would say good riddance to them. And also what I will say at this point is a lot of people have been in the DMs literally blowing up our DMs, wondering when we're going to come out and say it because it's been a while since we've said it. But I'll say it now and I'll say it here and I hope you're all listening. Fuck the dubs. Fuck the dubs indeed, TJ. I have to echo those sentiments and be the first to echo them loud and clear. And that, TJ, has just been magnified by the shocking, shocking scenes we witnessed in Crow Park last Sunday when, you know, Dublin have gone to the depths of recalling their former uh, goalkeeper, Stephen Cluxton, back you know the this guy who just it doesn't he never seems to fuck off just go away Stephen you know he's playing for forty three years in the Dublin team uh, he's been playing since you know Barney Rock and all them inbreds back in the nineteen eighties and he just you know I I don't see why he's coming back TJ you know I think uh, I think it personally just gives Mayo an even better chance of winning the All Ireland because I think it shows just how pitiful and desperate Dublin GA has become and, and it's no surprise look at they're not as well run as us at, at, at county board level you know they're not manged near as well as, as we are you know we probably have seven or eight mangers who are better than their manger you know so I think uh, it's a real sign of weakness for Dublin and I think it just strengthens our case even further TJ that this is definitely going to be the year that Mayo end the hoodoo Well, I don't know if it's a bit of tactical ruance from Wedgie Farrell, the manger, or whether it was just simply a case of Stephen Cluxton was doing his customary job of sweeping out the dressing rooms in Crow Park and locked eyes and ended up somehow wrangling his way on as the sub goalie. It was, I suppose, I could only describe it as a pathetic and Mm. desperate attempt to get up to our level. And I don't see them doing it this season, at least, whatever about in the future. 
Well, it's wonderful, TJ, because for, for us now, it's been a long time since we got to come on here and bash the dubs. And it's something that we obviously got great length of out of over the years when Mayo were going back and forth with Dublin all the time. And I suppose it's only these kind of, you know, whirlwind uh, news stories coming out that give us the opportunity now to talk about Dublin because they, of course, are you know, far superior, in, inferior, should I say, footballing county to ourselves, slumming it out down in Rhine of the Shrat Alliance League. You know, next year they're going to be in for a world of pain when they come come up to Division 1 and have to play this absolutely fabulous bunch of players who are being so expertly manged by Kevin McStay. And I think we're just on the crest of a wave, TG. And, and personally, I think if, if Stephen Cluxton comes out Playing for the Dubs in the Championship and, and, and Mayo face them at some point along the way. I do not see any way that Dublin can get the better of this Mayo team. And what I would love to know is why Stephen Cluxton is back. Do you? I heard a rumour that he might have spent all the money that John Costello paid him when he used to play for the Dubs. And now he has to come back and earn another wedge of money off Wedgie Farrell. That's just one rumour that I heard. He's on 1.5 million a year, I understand. Mm. But it would kind of make you sick in kind of a perverted sort of a way, the way they did go on. I actually don't want to spend too long talking about them, Fat Larry. I'd like to spend a little bit more time talking about Mayo. And I will say that this Mayo team, they've just given us such a lift. They've given me something to live for. When Mayo are not going wild well, there kind of really isn't a whole lot else to talk about in life. But when Mayo is going well, you can see me just thriving and surviving in every area, every facet and opportunity of life. Things just look a little bit more on the bright side. Would you concur with that statement? Oh, absolutely, TJ. You know, I've I've been in the pits of despair over the years, you know, when, when Mayo, you know, when Mayo teams aren't going well and things aren't going our way. And I suppose during the week I was doing a lot of manifesting on myself um, at different points throughout the day. And at one stage I went into a, as almost like a trance-like state of Mayo and wellness. I was, uh, I was below in in Duns there doing a bit of shopping, and I, I don't know it must have been whatever way I opened up the freezer, and the the cold air came out and hit me, and I just had this very very clear vision in my mind of the two thousand and one Shra Alliance League final, and I think back to you know the the day that Mayo and you know that probably the greatest Bravey player I've ever seen in my opinion Marty McNicholas kicked that absolute wonder score at the end to guide us to uh, a Shrat Alliance League title of course that one TJ as you'll remember well was very much affected by the foot and mouth I know myself and yourself suffered quite badly ourselves with foot and mouth that year and indeed in many years since Um, but for me it was all about you know we think of 2015 and we had our joint managers Pat and Noel who of course combined to make uh, one manger called Homeli. Um, that day, Pat Holmes manged the Mayo team on his own and his on-field general was uh, Sergeant Lieutenant Noel Canelli, and he was the man who went up the steps of the Hogan stand and lifted the the name of the trophy that we would be playing for the next day, um, Sam Maguire Jr. Um, and it's just, it brought back very fond memories for me, TJ. I was a mere young fella back in those days. I was probably in my, my late 20s, I would say, if, if my, uh, maths, my maths was correct. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I suppose I, this monologue has gone on quite long, so I'm just going to stop it now and I'm going to let you come back in now. Now, we haven't done this in any of the other podcasts and we've always found it very difficult to do it. 
But would this be perhaps a bit of a good time for a sort of a musical break, a little, a little audio break? I think so. It'll probably help us later on rather than finding a, an, an end to all this shit talk. So we're going to wrap up this little segment of the podcast, folks, and I hope you enjoy the, the dulcet tones of, of Martin Carney losing his life now. We'll be back to you in a minute. Good score, buddy! Good This is heartbreaking. It's a free from Terry right in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan. Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. Get back. Kerry Hurism as they want to say. look at Brian Sheehan what standing those in capital over this letters. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan, he oh, does. Oh, away, keep away, go away, go away. It's all over. Full time. It's all over. We're oh, going to have to do it all over God. again next Saturday evening. One more time. Get back. Get back. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. Had everything that you want to see except a male win. Now, we hope you enjoyed that little song. Welcome back for part two of the Mayo Are Back podcast. And I suppose at this venture in the show, it's probably time to introduce things to the listeners who are wondering what we're going to be chatting about over the course of today's podcast. Well, I suppose we're going to have a very detailed and in-depth review of the Mayo and Monaghan game, which neither of us were able to watch or indeed listen to. We will then, I suppose, pivot towards... The National League Shra Alliance final, which is on this Sunday in Crow Park for anyone listening. And I don't know whether you're listening to this now on your drive up to Dublin or you're listening to it with a few friends having a couple of cans. If you're listening to this on the clock at work, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, reveling in the fact that we are league champions of Arnold, whatever which way you're listening to it, be sure to manifest yourself right the way throughout this podcast and all the way into the future with the rest of this season. I have to. I have to say, TJ, you are so wise. You have. You're. You're such a, a wise Mayo inbred, and and I. I can definitely see from the the literal hundreds and hundreds of texts that are coming in from Mayo inbreds onto our Instagram account and on our Twitter page that this Mayo supporters group, TJ, are growing in confidence. They're also growing in experience. You can see they're just their preparation and the way they're manifesting themselves in the run up to these big games. They're a real well-oiled machine. They're a really oily, oily machine, this this Mayo uh, this Mayo supporters group. Um look at the uh, the match, TJ, the match, the match, I suppose it would be remissive of us now to not talk about the actual the, the, the Mayo match itself. Indeed we're playing uh, Galway in the, the, the league final. We come into it as, as top dogs, you could say we we finished the league in the number one position. We're playing a team, TJ, here who, I suppose, like ourselves, completely shit themselves last year in the All-Ireland final against Kerry. You know, Kerry were seeming to do everything wrong. They couldn't couldn't find their shooting boots at all. Galway went down the stretch three or four points ahead and, and, and managed to blow their load 
uh, in the final stages of that game. Are you envisaging a, a similar a similar outcome uh, to that one on 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 Sunday? Well, I think the point you made earlier on in the podcast, Fat Larry, where you alluded to that famous two thousand and one National League final, the foot and mouth final, as it were. I think if that's the most recent time they've played in a final, that's the current form book we have to mm. go by. But they say in local derbies like this one, the form book should be thrown right out of the window. So whatever which way you're going to, whatever you're going to do with the form book this weekend, don't look at it. Don't even think about it. You've got to take each game on its merits. This game is going to take on a life of its own, I believe. As you said last week, Mayo show up, they'll start with 15. Gaul will do likewise. There'll be subs on each team that can come on for players who are getting tired. They could have an impact. There's a referee and he has linesmen and two laddings that stand behind the goal called umpires. They'll all have a big role to play on the day. But the most important aspect of this game, the winning and losing of it, as usual, in finals, will be in the stand. Will the Mayo Inbreds get together in a joyous roar? Will the Mayo Inbreds begin to tear their own players apart? We won't know till about five or ten minutes into the game, mm. Fat Larry. I think, considering the chest of the wave we've been riding on this year so far, I think this is a, just a well-lubricated fan base who are going to get right and rowdy right from the very get-go. And I think that's the backing that this Mayo team needs. We've always said, when we're, our bums are to the wall, we always come out with it swinging. Yes, and those fascinating, absolutely wonderful insights, uh, folks, of course, are, as always, for today's podcast, brought to you in association with uh, the Junction Restaurant in Ballinan. I suppose at this particular junction in the podcast now, we'll have to decide where this this thing is going to go next. Um, I suppose, naturally, you know, with, with these uh, with these podcasts you would probably I suppose now we'll start predicting who the, the might win the game now and we might do that in a minute but so I suppose TG will I'll copy the rest of them now and we'll start talking about uh, matchups right so the the matchups so Mayo as you said there are going to go out with 15 players and I assume Galway are going to go with a similar attack as well and they're going to start 15 players too I have one big matchup and I hope you don't mind me interjecting by all means uh, the Fole McDonough versus Warty Nora it's a, it's going to be a, a titanic tussle, TJ. I mean, you've got a real clash of styles there. A real, I suppose, it's a case of, you know, brawn versus speed. Um, you know, it'll be quite similar, I think, to what we can expect to see with uh, with Shane Walsh and whoever decides is, you know, or whoever uh, Kevin McShay decides to to detail on him. Um, you know, it'll it'll just be it'll be a real interesting clash of styles, I think, TJ, because you know Galway are. I suppose quite inbred and and I suppose on the opposite side then Mayo seemed quite fabulous I mm. would say much more fabulous than this Galway team like you know when you look at fabulous guys there you know guys like David McBrien you know you've got the elegance there of Sam Callanan you know you've got Jackie Cash in the corner Jackie Cash Stephen Cohen you know Hugh McHugh coming up against you know big grizzly oafish looking fellas like you know Damien Cohen Homer and Paul Conroy like no one wants to go up and, and and look at those lads you know they want to come and look at these fabulous Mayo guys you know flying around the place um, 
manifest in the supporters in the stand. I wouldn't actually... Uh, I'd actually have to disagree with myself, actually, TJ, at this stage. I'm going to actually say that I disagree completely with the matchups because, as we've always said here, Mayo have always uh, played well and... The supporters have always got right in behind the Mayo team when Mayo have been extremely fluid and when they have put on a fluid display of of attacking football where it's a little bit helter-skelter, a little bit, um, you, you know, a, a little bit discombobulated, you could say, to, for want of a better word. You know, when things go a little bit mad and you've got cornerback sallying up the pitch scoring goals and then you've got... You know, down the other end, you know, we, we can't keep the ball out of our own net and there's balls hitting posts and there's big fellas coming in out of the crowd trying to box the head off the referee. It's those kind of, you know, crazy, crazy situations that Mayo seem to thrive in. And, and hopefully now, TJ, we'll get good value for money up in Crow Park the next day. You know, we've got, uh, and, and, you know, probably a, a fairly shitty uh, curtain raiser encounter between Dublin and Derry. I, don't, I wouldn't recommend anybody to go in for that one I, I'd much uh, more suggest that Mayo fans get into the big tree and fill themselves up with Bulmers uh, and get in for about 15 minutes before throw-in and uh, yeah you know the matchups will take care of themselves you know when you walk into Crow Park the players will be out the pitch already and uh, they'll be marking someone so I don't think there's an awful lot of point in us talking about it or speculating TJ I don't think we need to go into it in too much more detail because the reality of the situation is Kevin McShay is the man who's going to decide this Mm. and I know he will obviously take solace and he'll take a lot of uh, food for thought from this podcast but ultimately it's up to him and his mangership team Stephen Rochford Lee McHale Dave Brady Diora Marsh Terry Kennedy whoever else in there Mary, Mary Robinson if I could interject there for a minute TJ now can. one thing that excites me an awful lot more about this uh, uh, game the next day now rather than the result or the game itself a couple of weeks ago we discussed how you know the weather is getting good TJ one thing that I'm really looking forward to now is seeing at what point does Liam McHale swap the tracksuit bottoms for a pair of shorts oh. and he just whips out those fine long pins I think that is the type of stuff that Mayo supporters need to be looking out for um, you know is you know Aidan O'Shea is Aidan O'Shea going to wear a, a pair of shorts a size smaller than what he did above in Donegal a couple of weeks ago um, you know what hairstyles are the Mayo team going to come out with like how many more you know nice short haircuts at the side and like a li- nice long flowing fringe can, can one team have you know who, who else is going to adopt that hairstyle is Tommy Conroy you know going to come out and, and start the game the next day or is he going to be kept in reserve I suppose Kevin McStay is probably thinking of Mayo supporters there you know they're they're nursing him back into the back into the team gently you know I think bringing him back into the side from the very get-go might not be the wisest thing because it might send Mayo supporters absolutely wild and as I sit here talking uncontrollably and unable to stop I'm just realising myself that I am making myself indeed very unwell and I am very much looking forward now to this game on Sunday the more I listen to myself I have to say Fat Larry I've been listening to you for quite some time and down through the years and I've rarely seen you this beside yourself with excitement we are of course in the Mayo Back recording studio which used to be a sitting room we are once again stripped down to our Mayo pants Fat Larry is wearing a hat and I've got two little Mayo flags that I'm waving this is the sort of energy we're bringing 
to the warm-up to this game. And when we get in and around Jones's Road, Clonliffe Road, in and around the public houses, that's when we're really going to start shouting from the rooftop that Mayo are fucking hmm, back. Absolutely. Because, as you alluded to, it's a sexy Mayo team. It it's is. a non-binary Mayo team. It's a Mayo team whose pronouns are half-bakes, not wells. They're playing with gender fluidity. There's fluid coming down the leg of their shorts at times. They're just transitioning up and down the pitch with reckless abandonment And to focus on the likes of Tommy Cumroy, I'm going to hone in on the forward play because there's a few guys in there now I'd like to highlight. Rodney O'Donoghue, Tommy Cumroy, Aidan Ormsby, Jack Carney, the quasi-midfielder who's mm. been operating at the 10 or the 11 spot. Finn, Finn McDonough, Gordon Flynn. Any of these guys... If they want to really set the tempo now the next day, they need to go out with one thing in their mind, and that is tickling the Galway onion bag. We need to fill that goal full of balls. Two goals in the first half, two goals in the second half. Put them to the rod the way that we did with Roscommon a few years back. And one man who I think is going to have a very impactful performance is the man they used to call the Audi, but has been playing like a Rolls Royce on the edge of the square this season. Do you know who I'm talking about, Fatlar? You could only be referring to the 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 Audi A13 himself. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. This guy is just a man reborn, uh, head up his arse, playing with a newfound confidence. He must be getting lots of little hugs and cuddles off Kevin McStay at training, and that seems to be doing the trick for him. Um, you know, he's absolutely he's absolutely on song. Uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for the match now, TJ. I I don't know if I'll actually be able to go to it myself. I don't know if I have time. My my schedule is indeed very busy. But you know, if I do get the chance to go there, I've no doubt I will have a great day. Uh, so yeah, up Mayo, and just for for that matter as well, TJ. Just to to touch on a a group of Mayo are back followers. There's actually a little cohort of Mayo are back followers who are, you know, very, very inbred in the wider circle of Mayo are back followers. They are indeed the Sligo senior Gaelic football team who are actually quite... uh, quite behind the Mayor back page here I know a few of them are, are big followers themselves I suppose they've been so starved of success TJ over the last number of years that they've had to jump on our bandwagon as well and we, there's a lot of inbreds uh, in Sligo as well who are following us as well uh, unusually but uh, fair play to them and thanks for all the support as always um, I remember TJ when we sent out those Corja Mayor back cards it was a bit uh, unusual to be sending half of them down to, down to County Sligo but they're all welcome and of course they're playing uh, I believe Wicklow in a, a Shra Alliance Ryan Akahar we don't use that number too often here on this podcast. The Division 4 final, and we hope that, that they do the job there as well now because I have to say they're, they're a lot less insufferable now than Galway and Roscommon. I have to concur with that, Fat Larry. We would tell our Sligo brothers to shoot the load as much as you can and as often as you can this weekend. A trip up to Crow Park is nothing to be sniffed at. And a big co-gorgicus to all the Corja Leitrim, mm. who had a simply stunning league as well. And Andy was being a bit inbred on the sideline as well, which is great to see. He hasn't wouldn't be like him and spreading the inbred gospel to Leitrim. Yeah, I suppose. And then you look at the, the the National Alliance League table, and let me just check my notes here in front of me. Yes, I have them here. Mayo finished in first place. Galway finished in second place, and Ross Coman finished in third place. I know we have a lot of listeners west of the Shannon, but they'll probably echo these sediments up the west and fuck the rest. Yeah, correct, absolutely. And with that. Sentiment, TJ, I suppose we should probably start considering wrapping this shit show up for another week. 
it's been it's been helter skelter you could call it it's been uh it's been it's been it's been all go from the get go you could say and I, I I would expect that the National League final on Sunday is going to follow along similar lines. Um, have we got any any sentiments maybe TJ any little manifestations from the Mayo inbreds that we could just sprinkle on this conclusion just to send the inbreds off skipping on up Jones's road happy. There's just a real feverish support for Mayo this season and whether you're unwell, half-baked or fully inbred right from the very get-go we know that you're going to come out swinging now on Sunday afternoon in Crow Park. These are the great days. These are the times and whether, you know, whatever which way the result tends to manifest ourselves, you need to get out early and enjoy it. Get down to the pub. Have a little pint before the game. Totally and utterly lose the run of yourself during the game find yourself in the aftermath of the game and then have so many pints that you wake up the following morning not knowing who you are again. It's the cycle that Mayo fans have been repeating for decades. But you know what? We missed out a couple of years there where we couldn't get it up in Crow Park. It'll be nice to be back there on Sunday again. And I want the Mayo players to play with ice in their veins and no ice in their bulmers whatsoever. Mm. That sort of approach from the get-go would be my sediments if you would care to echo them absolutely and to the to the listeners at home there i am nodding aggressively aggressively nodding in agreement with tj there i would have to absolutely uh, support every sentiment that he made there and i do hope that you know we go out there let yourself go on sunday don't be thinking about the roscommon game the following week go out shoot the load right from the very get-go and You'll be able to pick up the pieces then on Monday morning. We'll be in touch at some stage during the week to try and piece things back together from you in some kind of a a coherent fashion. And we will get ourselves right up and ready to go for the first round of the Connacht Championship. Well, we'll be playing Roscommon, so we'll have absolutely no shortage of ammunition, TJ, on this podcast next week. It's going to be getting very, very heavy again, so... That's all to look forward to. It's 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 great, this week-on-week football. It's a fabulous time to be alive. And I suppose, dear listeners and Mayor Back loyalists will be wondering, you know, what's coming up next. And what I will say is that the end of the show is near. The introductory period is over. It's going to take us right up to the end of the show, obviously. And, Fat Larry, would I like to leave you with the last word, or the last two words, maybe? Up Mayo. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And uh, just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out.